gathered all this candy in your lab. Yes. Is your plan to open this candy and eat it while we record? Stop it. I can hear every little bit. Stop it. <laughs> Should never offer you yes. candy out of my candy jar. This is ASMR with Ashlyn. No, this is not. This is Miranda's <laughs> episode. <clears throat> Hello and welcome back to I'll Tell You What, a spoopy podcast. I'm Miranda. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm obnoxious. <laughs> you make that like every time I say I'm my name. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe that should tell you something. What, that you're a butt? <laughs> wow. What a good insult. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought of it all by myself. We're back with season two, baby. It's season three, right? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell we're recording this right after we recorded the last episode? Because we're Hopefully delirious. Not. Maybe. Um. Before we get started, we just want to remind you all to, you know, uh, give this a nice little rating and a review on your favorite podcasting apps, wherever you're listening and stuff. That'd be real nice. Do it. Be real nice. We also would like to it. thank our our Patreon patrons. Our Patreons, if you will. Our Patreons, if you will. <laughs> we should get name, like, have a name for that, you know? Grumpy stands. No. 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 Something cool. Everybody else has, like... Good names for everything. We don't have anything good. Anywho. Our spoops. Um, I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, that's no. gross. <laughs> <laughs> that was a gross laugh. Okay. Uh, thank you to our Patreon patrons, uh, Aaron and David Medus. From Medus Media. Yeah. Thanks once again. We appreciate you. That song was free just for you. If you aren't a Patreon subscriber. Don't listen to that part. Don't listen to that part. <laughs> Erase it from your memory. You can find our Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash I'll tell you what. Yeah. Or in the link in the description. Oh, right. Those are things. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going a little John up in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, is that what that is? I just remember from I can't, TikTok. I can't do it right. But yes. No, that's yeah, a little John. I just remember that from TikTok. All right. Why don't we just uh, dive right down into it? Ashlyn, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. What do you tell me? The Chernobyl disaster. We're starting off fun this season, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, we got a couple Ooh. big old disasters right off the bat. Um, yeah. It's the hard times that bring us together, right? Right, right. Well, you know for a fact the Chernobyl disaster has always um, baffled me and also just in intrigued me greatly just figuring out everything that happened and and what went down disasters in general are very intriguing to me it sounds terrible but <laughs> there's a lot of people who are very interested in stuff like this and justification cool cool <laughs> anywho josh and i were watching the um hbo miniseries oh yeah chernobyl recently and it is fantastic uh, I gave you access to my HBO Max, and I expect you to go watch it after this. It's, it's very so short. late at night. Yeah, watch it all tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it is very good. It's a very good dramatization of the entire sequence of events, and it's very well put together. Um, 
so I did actually, you know, hone in from what I learned from that and do my own research on top of it. And I'm quite proud of all this research. It took Aww. me quite a while to do. So let's get right on into it. Yeah, let's go diving, spelunking into so, Chernobyl. Unfortunately, this will not be a very funny episode. Rena, why do you do things? Well, I'm just letting you know. Okay. Because you were gearing up to be funny. No, I was... I don't know what I'm saying right now. Like, well, that was not funny, and I knew it wasn't funny well, yeah, when I said like, it. yeah, but, like, it was on a humorous note. We can't have that here. We can't have that here. <laughs> no fun this allowed. Is serious. Fun police. Solemn. All right. On April 26th, 1986, at mm -hmm. approximately 1.2340 a.m., Reactor 4 of the Chernobyl Nuclear... Oh, nuclear power plant exploded near Pripyat, Ukraine in the Soviet Union. This is also a very sensitive subject for me to be covering yeah. right now. I started these notes in early February. Yeah, so certain events had not taken place certain yet. Certain events had not taken place yet, but just know we stand with Ukraine. Well, yeah, anything against Putin. Yeah. Putin can fight. Well, okay, um, I'd lose, but still. So this occurred in actually in the Ukraine. A lot of people don't realize that. On April 26, 1986, at approximately 1.2340 a.m., Reactor 4 of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant exploded near Pripyat, Ukraine, in the Soviet Union. At 1.28 a.m., the first firefighters arrived at the scene. The firefighter brigade, under the command of Lieutenant Volodymyr Privyek, who... Uh, who in fact later died on the 11th of May in 1986 due to Jeez. acute radiation sickness, uh. they were among the first to arrive. They were not told how dangerous the radioactive smoke and debris were. Of course. Or was. Uh, and Grigory Kamel, the driver of the fire, one of the fire engines said, quote, we didn't know it was a reactor. No one had told us, unquote. Oh, geez. He later described what happened. Quote, we arrived there at 10 or 15 minutes to two in the morning. We saw graphite scattered about. Misha asked, is that graphite? I kicked it away. But one of the firefighters on the other truck picked it up. It's hot, he said. The pieces of graphite were of different sizes, some big, some small enough to pick up. We didn't know much about radiation. Even those who worked there had no idea. There was no water left in the trucks. Misha filled a cistern, and we aimed the water at the top. Then those boys who died went up to the roof. The Vashik, Kolya, and others, and Volia Pravik, they went up the ladder, and I never saw them again. Unquote. Jeez. With no knowledge of the radiation, they were not wearing proper protective materials. Right. And scattered around them on the ground were pieces of highly irradiated graphite from the nuclear core of the reactor. Jeez. At 2.15 a.m., local Soviet officials held a meeting to discuss a course of action. Many of them are in denial that a nuclear reactor could explode. Right. They decide... Well, they decided to put up roadblocks, stopping anyone from entering the city of Pripyat, essentially trapping the ci citizens of Pripyat in the city that is slowly being flooded with nuclear radiation. Great. 
The police officers putting the roadblocks in place also had no knowledge of the radiation, nor were they wearing pro proper protective gear. Nearby, local citizens of Pripyat gather on a bridge to view the blaze burning at the Chernobyl power plant. They all believe it is simply a fire, and they are unaware of the dangers. Slowly, ash from the explosion begins raining down on the men, women, and children viewing from the bridge. At 5 a.m., Soviet officials shut down Reactor 3. The next morning, they shut down Reactors 1 and 2. These, however, would be reopened just months later. At 6.35 a.m., the extraneous fires have finally been extinguished, and all that remains is the blaze burning in the core of the reactor, which will continue to burn until May 10th, 1986. Hmm. In Minsk, Belarus, seven hours following the explosion, nuclear physicists mm -hmm. detect a spike in radiation levels, but their concerns are ignored by local authorities. Of course they are. Also around this time, the local hospital in Pripyat has begun to be flooded with workers and firemen who are present at the oh Chernobyl God. power plant. Their clothing is radioactive and causes rashes and the like on any person who touches them. The doctors and nurses put whatever protective materials on that they can and begin stripping the clothes off the inflicted. They put all of the clothing in a secluded room in the basement of the hospital. At 10 a.m., April 27, 1986, they began dumping mixtures of sand, clay, boron, lead, and dolomite onto the burning core in hopes to slow the radioactive emissions via helicopter. This was made significantly more difficult when they were told by Valery Legoslov that they could not fly directly over the nuclear fire. Doing so would lower the life expectancy of anyone on board the helicopter quite significantly. Yeah. Might I remind you, they still have not evacuated Chernobyl or the nearby power uh, Pripyat. I just, oh, sorry. The, the thing is, is most, mm -hmm. most, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not one to downplay America's uh, gross deeds and like how it's turned against its citizens at times, but the thing with the Soviet Union yeah, in particular, that we get into this that is, a little yeah, at the end. This is not even the tip of the iceberg oh, of the yeah. atrocities that they've committed we, against their own people. Yeah. And we will we will talk about that at the end. <sighs> I'm getting just want to get the story out first. Yeah, yeah. I know, I get it. Uh, 2 p.m., April 27th, 1986. After 36 hours of not informing the citizens of Pripyat of the nuclear emergency, the Soviet government finally begins evacuating roughly 115,000 citizens. Residents are told this will only be temporary and to not, uh, uh, sorry, and to only take important documents and belongings, plus some food. They are told to leave behind all non-essentials, including their pets. Little did they know, they would never return to their homes again. Here is a translated version of the emergency broadcast. Quote, for the attention of the residents of Pripyat, the city council informs you that due to the accident at Due to the accident at Chernobyl power at Chernobyl power station in the city of Pripyat, the radioactive conditions in the vicinity are deteriorating. The Communist Party, its officials, and the armed forces are taking necessary steps to combat this. 
Nevertheless, with the view to keep people as safe and healthy as possible, the children being top priority, we need to temporarily evacuate the citizens in the nearest towns of Kiev, of Kiev region. For these reasons, starting from 27 April 1986, 1400 hours, each apartment block will be able to will be able to have a bus in its bus at its disposal, supervised by the police and the city officials. It is highly advisable to take your documents, some vital personal belongings, and a certain amount of food just in case with you. The senior executives of public and industrial facilities of the city has decided on the list of employees needed to stay in Pripyat to maintain these facilities in a good working order. All the houses will be guarded by the police during the evacuation period. Comrades, leave your residences temporarily. Please make sure you have turned off the lights, electrical equipment, and water, and shut the windows. Please keep calm and orderly in the process of this short-term evacuation. Unquote. Good God. In the morning of April 28th, 1986. Radiation levels set off alarms at Forsmark Nuclear Power Plant in Sweden, over 620 miles from the Chernobyl power plant. Workers at Forsmark reported that uh, reported the case to the Swedish Radiation Safety Authority, which determined the radiation had originated elsewhere, mm-hmm. meaning not from not from the Swedish. Right. Right. <laughs> The day the Swedish government contacted the Soviet Union questioning the possibility of the nuclear event in the so- of some nuclear event, I'm not saying nuclear right, I know, in the Soviet Union, the Soviets denied it. Of course they did. It was only after the Swedish government suggested that they were about to file a an official alert with the International Atomic Energy Agency that the Soviet government admitted that an accident had taken mm-hmm. place at Chernobyl. They were adamant that they had the situation under control. Of course. This was a lie. Yeah. April 29th, 1986, the... U.S. government provides the first glimpse of the devastation at the Chernobyl power plant via spy satellite. Sorry, it's very much like the U.S. Okay. Well, they wouldn't. Nobody else had access. The rest of the world was, was, they knew something had gone on, and they yeah. knew radiation just, was seeping out. And the Soviets said nothing. Of course they did. That that's that was typical of the Soviet Union officials. Yeah. May 1st, Soviet officials refused to cancel May Day activities in Kiev, even as the radiation continues to pour out into the atmosphere. May 4th, 1986, liquid nitrogen is pumped beneath the dead reactor in order to cool it. The government, sorry, the Soviet government aided by the military Oh, sorry. The Soviet government, aided by the military, begins other aspects of the cleanup, which involves up to 800,000 workers. Mm -hmm. This cleanup included bulldozing contaminated villages, shooting contaminated pets and livestock, and burying huge amounts of contaminated topsoil. Yeah. Sometime in the midst of all this, three men were sent into the Chernobyl power plant to drain the bubblers. Oh, no. 
There were two floors of bubbler pools beneath the reactor that served as a large water reservoir for the emergency cooling pumps and as a pressure suppression system capable of condensing steam in case of a small broken steam pipe. The third floor above them, below the reactor, served as a steam tunnel. The -hmm. steam released by a broken pipe was supposed to enter the steam tunnel and be led into the pools to the bubbler, to bubbler, sorry, to bubble through a layer of water. After the disaster, the pools and the basement were flooded because of ruptured cool, cooling water pipes and accumulated firefighting water. Uh, officials are warned that a disastrous steam explosion will occur if the core makes contact, contact with the accumulated valve water. Yeah. A group of volunteers was assembled consisting of Alexei Anenenko and Valery Bezpilov, who knew where the valves were, those first two, and their shift supervisor, Boris Baranov. The volunteers were equipped with diving suits and respirators for protection against radioactive aerosols. They were also given do, uh, dosometer, do, dosi, dosometers. Why can't I pronounce that word? I have no idea. Um, which is a device that measures external ionization, uh, ionizing radiation. Mm-hmm. Then they enter the knee-deep radioactive water and managed to open the valves. Oh my gosh. They successfully began draining the water. They were later awarded the Order of Courage by Ukrainian President Pietro um, well Por- uh, Poroshenko in May 2018. Good on you, dude. Once the bubbler pool gates were opened by the three volunteers, fire brigade pumps were then used to drain the basement. The operation was not completed until May 8th, after 20,000 tons, or 20,000 long tons, and 22,000 short tons or 22,000 short tons of water were pumped out. Also, May 4th, um, before this had been completed, the Soviets toyed with the idea of injecting liquid nitrogen between the molten layer, uh, sorry, the molten core to freeze the earth and stop the irradiated lava from contaminating the water supply. Mm -hmm. Um, However, if this was to happen, the radioactive water would, if it got into the water supply, mm-hmm. the radioactive water would soon infect the entire Earth's water. Unfortunately, the idea was quickly scrapped when it was discovered that it would take an estimated 25 tons or 55,000 pounds of liquid nitrogen per day to keep the solid uh, the, to keep it solidly frozen at negative. 100 degrees Celsius or negative 148 Fahrenheit. So they had to come up with alternative ideas soon after as an alternative. Soviet coal miners were commissioned to dig a tunnel underneath the molten core of the reactor in order for a cooling system to be put in place. There was around 400 of them who worked around the clock for the next month. May 6th, 1986. The radioactive emissions drop sharply, possibly because the fire in the core had finally burnt itself out. During Thank this God. time, 
Soviet officials finally closed schools in Kiev and advised residents to stay inside and not eat leafy vegetables. May 8th. I'm sorry, what now? Yep. Took them that long? Took them that long. May 8th, the 20,000 tons of radioactive water from the basement are finally done being drained. A day later, May 9th, concrete was uh, had begun to be poured into the area excavated by the miners. May 14th, 1986, Soviet leader Gorbachev mm -hmm. speaks publicly about the incident for the first time, saying on state TV that, quote, the worst is behind us in the months following. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm and gonna lose it. In the months following the explosion, mm -hmm. officials began to turn their attention to removing the highly radioactive materials from the roof in order for a large concrete structure to be built over the reactor. Over 100 tons of debris had to be removed from the roof. Yeah. Now, the structure that they had planned on building over the roof uh -huh. was called the sarcophagus. This would entomb the reactor and reduce radioactive dust from being released into the atmosphere. The process of removing the dangerous debris brought upon its own set of troubles. Initially, they had planned to use robots to safely push the debris back into the reactor without any man mm -hmm. going up there with it. However, after approximately 60 robots failed. Jeez. Many due to rough terrain and high levels of radiation. Yeah. Um, they ended up having to use manpower. So later on in 1987, Valery Legoslav said, quote, we learned that robots are not the, sorry, we learned that robots are not the great remedy for everything. Where there was very high radiation, the robot ceased to be a robot. The electro electronics quit working, unquote. They had to make the hard decision to have around 5,000 men wearing heavy protective gear, dubbed bio-robots, working at, in a maximum of 40 to 90 second shifts to shovel the debris and clear the roofs. These men were to only make the trip once. However, it is reported that some soldiers made the trip five or six times. The amount of radiation that was up there would kill someone easily. Easily. These men knew what was going to happen to them. And they still did it. I mean, yeah. some didn't have really have a choice. They were soldiers, but they 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 basically drafted a whole bunch of young men to yeah. do these tasks. To do all of it, the cleanup, the 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 leveling yeah. of towns and stuff. It's yeah. And granted, so, it needed to happen, but jeez. Yes. In the end, only ten percent of the total debris was cleared by robot. The other ninety percent was cleared by those five thousand men, who each absorbed an estimated dose of twenty-five rem of radiation each, which is a lot. The sarcophagus was completed in November of 1986. December 15th, 2000. Unit 3, the last working reactor at Chernobyl, is finally shut down. 
Units 1 and 2 had been shut down in 1996 and 1991, respectively. Aftermath. Uh-huh. As a result of the initial explosion of Reactor 4 of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, 28 people were killed. The death toll from cancer stemming from the accident is projected to have reached over 4,000 people exposed to high doses of radiation. Yeah. Another 5,000 deaths among those who had been less, ra who had, sorry, among those who had less radiation exposure. Mm-hmm. This is according to the International Atomic Emergency, or sorry, Atomic Energy Agency, the United Nations, and the World Health Organization. And according to the BBC, the international, oh, sorry, the internationally recognized death toll shows that 31 died as an immediate result of Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. Two workers died at the site of the explosion. Another died in, in the hospital soon after due to their injuries. 28 operators and firemen are believed to have died within three months of the accident. Mm -hmm. The UN estimates that only 50 deaths can be attributed to the disaster, but the true toll will never be known. Well, yeah, because it's also the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. Sorry. According to the mini docuseries, uh, they had a few more specifics that I couldn't mm -hmm. find anywhere else. According to the mini docuseries Chernobyl on HBO Max, uh, Valerie Kodomchek, Kodomchek, Valerie Kodomchek, a worker at the Chernobyl plant, his body was never recovered, and he is permanently entombed under Reactor Four. The firefighter's clothing is still in the basement of the Pripyat Hospital. It is dangerously dangerously radioactive to this day. Of course. Of the people watching the fire from the bridge, it is reported that none of them survived. It is now known as the Bridge of Death. Of the 400 miners who worked so diligently to prevent a total nuclear meltdown, it is estimated that at least 100 of them died before the age of 40. Many news outlets falsely reported that all three of the men who went into the bubblers died due to their valiant efforts. However, all three actually survived and mm. continued to work in the nuclear industri energy industry. Valerie uh, Bezpolov is still alive as of 2021, while uh, Baranov had died of heart failure in 2005 at the age 65. So there's one. Go you guys. <laughs> yeah. And of the over 600,000 people who were conscripted to serve in the ex, uh, exclusion yeah. zone, despite widespread reports of sickness and death, the Soviet government kept no official record of Of course they didn't. I'm sorry. I'm. What is known is that the exclusion zone is the 2,600 square miles of the contaminated region of the Ukraine and Belarus. Approximately 300,000 people were displaced from their homes, never to return. They were told this was temporary. However, it is still forbidden to return. Well, yeah, it's, it's still a forbidden zone, basically. Following the explosion at Chernobyl, a dramatic spike in cancer rates was detected across Ukraine and Belarus. The highest increase was amongst children. The yeah. 
The estimated human cost of Chernobyl ranges from 4,000 to 93,000 deaths, but we will never know the true cost. That is true. The official Soviet death toll has been unchanged since 1987. Uh, I'm sorry. That is 31. So, what happened? Mm -hmm. Let's go back. Way Mm -hmm. back. Back before (laughs) the meltdown and see what really happened. So, to put it as plainly as possible, there was a safety test that needed to be successfully performed on the reactor. Right. Said test had never been performed successfully. The safety test was supposed to operate as follows. Starting with beginning the test preparation. One, the test would take place during a scheduled reactor shutdown. Two, the reactor power was to be reduced to between 700 MW and, I don't know what these stand for, megawatts maybe? Probably. And 100,000 MW. It was not necessary to perform the test from full power operation as only the electrical generator was being tested. Right. Three, the steam turbine generator was to be run at normal operating speed. Four, Mm -hmm. four out of eight main circulating pumps were to be supplied with off-power site while the four would be powered by the turbine. Then the electrical test would begin. One, when the correct conditions were achieved, the steam supply to the turbine generator would be closed off and the reactor would be shut down. Two, the voltage provided by the coasting turbine would be measured along with the, tr- the voltage of RPMs of the four main circulating pumps being powered by the turbine. Three, when the emergency generator supplied full electrical power, the turbine generator would be allowed to continue freewheeling down. Now, do I know what any of that means? <laughs> no, not really. There's a safety test for the electrical system right, that right. needs to be performed, and that was the plan. So the safety test was originally supposed to be conducted by the day shift at the Chernobyl power plant on April mm-hmm. 25th. At April 25th at 1 a.m., Chernobyl's operators began reducing power at reactor number four in preparation for a safety test, which they had been timed to that oh, sorry, which they had timed to coincide with a routine shutdown for maintenance. Mm-hmm. The test was supposed to determine whether, in the event of a power failure, the plant's still spinning turbines can produce enough electricity to keep uh, coolant pumps running during the brief gap gap uh, before the emergency generators kick in. Mm -hmm. It's basically if, like, the power goes out, the turbines would keep, would have enough, like, power to keep going in the time it took for the emergency backup generators to start. Right. So it wouldn't be down at really any point because that's dangerous right 2 p.m sorry 2 p.m april 25th reactor number four's emergency core cooling system is disabled to keep it from interfering with the test oh no though this didn't cause the accident it definitely worsened the impact Mm -hmm. at around the same time the test and shutdown are temporarily delayed temporarily delayed due to uh, accommodate. Sorry, temporary delayed to accommodate the region's power needs. Mm-hmm. At eleven ten p.m., operators received permission to continue the test and shutdown. However, by now, the less experienced night shift is on the job. 
Oh no. They had never received proper instructions on how to perform the test. The night shift, the night shift had very limited time to prepare for and carry out the experiment. Anatoly Dyatlov was the deputy, deputy chief engineer of the entire Chernobyl nuclear power plant. He was present to supervise and direct the test as one of its chief authors and the highest ranking individual present. 12.28 a.m. Power suddenly plummets too far below the level at which the reactor is considered stable. In turn, operators are instructed mm -hmm. to remove most of the control rods. This was in violation of this plant's safety guidelines, yet they were still having trouble raising the power. This was in part due to xenon buildup in the core. Oh, fun. 1 a.m., the power finally stabilizes at a much lower level than preferred. Still, plant supervisor, i.e. Diet Love, ordered the test to proceed. The automatic, sorry. This is at the distress of the entire operating team. They're I can all, imagine. They're all saying, we need to stop, we need to stop. And Diet Love is saying, no, you have to keep going because those are his orders. The automatic emergency shutdown system and other safety features are subsequently turned off. At 1.23.04 a.m., the test officially begins, and an unexpected power surge occurs. Approximately, 30 second, approximately 36 seconds later, one of the operators presses the emergency shutdown button, but the cooling rod, sorry, but the cooling rods jam as they enter the core. 18 seconds later, at 1.24.58 a.m., the first explosion happens, quickly followed by at least one more explosion. The explosion blows the 1,000-ton roof right off of the reactor and shoots a fireball up into the night sky. A blackout went throughout the power plant. The air filled with dust and graphite chunks, and radiation began spewing out. Walls and equipment collapsed, and dozens of fires started, including the one on top of the neighboring reactor. Despite all evidence to the contrary, the nuclear engineer, Diet Love, insists that Reactor 4 is still intact. He later died of radiation poisoning. Yeah. Once again, how did this happen? Something specific that came up time and time again throughout the HBO miniseries was, It's impossible. How could it explode? That's impossible. A nuclear reactor cannot explode. Now, I'm not a physicist. But it can. I'm not a physicist. Mm -hmm. I don't know why a nuclear reactor cannot explode. But to them, it was impossible. Kind of like in the last episode, we were talking about how the guy said, ships are unsinkable. You can't sink a mm -hmm. ship. They were all saying, they can't blow up. There's no way there was an explosion. Sure, a fire maybe. No explosion. You're hearing an explode. atomic bomb. Yeah. Nuclear missiles. So, uh, how did the impossible happen? Well, it took a perfect storm of mistakes. Mm -hmm. On more people than you'd think. I want to get too specific on you, even though I'm sure some of you would prefer... It'd probably be into that, Ashlyn. You like science. I do, but... But to put uh, it plainly. 
it angry. The HBO miniseries has an incredibly moving courtroom scene where scientist Valerie Legoslov uh, goes into mm-hmm. an in-depth expl- explanation of the science behind the meltdown. Right. Long story short, it was the cooling rods. Yep. They were designed to all plunge into the core when the emergency shutdown button was pressed. The fatal flaw being the cooling rods were tipped with graphite, which momentarily accelerates radio. Uh, sorry, no. accelerates, which momentarily accelerates reactivity when they enter the core. Oh my God. So who did when they pressed the button, they momentarily made the core super reactive, which caused the explosion. Which would be why they jammed. Mm-hmm. So why did they choose graphite? Simply because it was cheaper. Ligoslav risked his life to expose the government for purposely redacting and censoring the research, which stated this was all possible. Because of the likely because the likelihood was so low, they thought You're- what's the harm? The harm being no one, no one running the experiment that night knew of the possible dangers of running the reactor under the extreme circumstances that they did that night. After publicly sharing his knowledge in the courtroom, Legislov was taken by the Soviet government, yep. threatened and sentenced to the life of his, the rest of his life alone, disgraced and scared. I'm surprised they didn't kill him. Well... He took it upon himself to record the entirety of events on tapes as he knew them from start to finish, including the information which had sentenced him. Mm -hmm. He hid the tapes and then he took his own life on April 27th, 1988, because he knew they would kill him anyway. Because they would. But basically the underground scientific community found them. Mm Mm-hmm. And As that's they, how we know. It's because he took it upon himself to do that. Valery Legoslov is the guy they brought in to fix the situation. <clears throat> to fix the situation, basically. And he outed himself because he knew. <clears throat> and the, the HBO, honestly, I suggest everyone go watch the miniseries because it was really, really well done. Uh-huh. <clears throat> they, they had... Um, they, they had a character, um, a female character, I can't remember her name, that they added to represent mm. the hundreds of scientists yeah. and doctors that actually risked their own jobs and lives and, li- and <clears throat> livelihoods to help uh, Legislov mm-hmm. and, and the uh, general that was sent to help him. Now, something that came up over and over again throughout the miniseries that really struck a chord with me in a devastating way mm-hmm. <clears throat> was, and I, and I don't necessarily think Gorbachev was a good person. He wasn't. He was, he was a leader. Uh, he was the leader of the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah, I know. But they'd sit down to these council meetings regarding what to do about the Chernobyl power plant. And every time Valerie would say, Unfortunately, we have to do this. Like, this is the... They're like, what is the solution? He would say, this is the solution. But we can't do that because of the men. 
like how many people it would take and mm-hmm. and Gorbachev said how many and he'd say 6000 mm-hmm. and they'd say would this stop basically the world from ending mm-hmm. and he'd say yes and so i mean in a very human human way yeah. to think about it is how hard it was for everyone in that room to sit there and think what is the price of a human life compared it's it's one of those it's one of those do you switch yeah, the track um, the good of the few versus right, the good of the no, many no i i get that but one of the things about that happened the thing is so i i talk a lot about yeah. you know america and its dealings with the soviet union and everything yes. and the thing is is i'll i will call out america on the atrocities it committed especially during the cold war and everything yep the soviet union is so much worse yeah um the stuff that they that they justified as you know necessary um yeah it, it was like a scorched earth policy with almost everyone yeah um so it it's a little harder for me to like believe that it was difficult for them to actually weigh the cost of a human life against this because yeah. at least at Gorbachev's well, thing because they were so some of the sorry some of, some of the experience and the things that they did at that time it was sickening sickening disturbed um the soviet union is why we have conspiracies <laughs> like yeah it just straight up is it gives credibility to any conspiracy yeah. out there because they they did that that that's why so many people are like oh oh the russians the russians but it's it's so much more than that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um because they've lied to their people so much like like you were saying I, that's part of the reason i was getting so angry when it's like yeah of course they denied it of course they did uh, it's it's what's interesting yeah. is in in the miniseries specifically every like new person they introduce you to or new thing they introduce you to they <laughs> these conversations they'd be having with each other not with mm-hmm. the government kind of thing like um, this young man, he, you know, he's one of these people who's brought, you know, basically drafted into this. Right. And, and they're handing him all his equipment and stuff. And, and one of the guys is like, oh, here's some lead underwear, basically, uh, that'll protect whatever. And he goes, does it work? And they're like, do you really want to question that? I mean, do you, do you, do you want the right, the, do you want the, the real answer or do you want to feel safe? And the kid just puts them on. Yeah. And 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 stuff like that happens throughout the entire thing um uh-huh. at one point they provide all of the miners with clothing now i don't know if this happened in real life right cuz i didn't see that in my research but at one point they provide all the miners with masks and clothing and and mm-hmm. all that jazz and <clears throat> they roll up to the uh excavation site and they're all naked because it is blazing hot and they're all naked and they're wearing their uniform hats and that is it oh and my they God. question they're like why are you all naked we gave you respirators why aren't you wearing your respirators uh-huh. and your mask and and the head guy goes would it do any good would it actually do any good and they said carry on yep yeah the, the over history. and over like oh yeah 
they they were all aware that it didn't actually do anything. Oh, and the thing is, is most of the Russian people are aware that their government's lying to them. Yeah. Because it's so blatant. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like America at least attend, attempts to hide their stuff. You know, uh, that's why like when whistleblowers come forward, it's like such a thing. But the Soviet Union, um, you go, they they pretend to believe their government, hmm. or they pretended to believe their government. Because the alternative was being killed. Yeah. You would disappear. That's what happened. Legosov wasn't killed, but he was, he, mm-hmm. they made him disappear. And they said, you will be, you will live in disgrace. You will be disgraced and you will never talk to anyone again. Yeah. You will never. I, I told you I was surprised they didn't kill again. them. And they basically yeah. did. Oh no. And they would they, have. They basically killed him without pulling, pulling the, the trigger. trigger. Yeah. That's we weird. did it again. Oh my god. <laughs> <clears throat> However, um, watching that was watching the miniseries was so eye opening to me because I had always heard about the disaster, but I had never, uh-huh. I had never heard of what was behind it. Yeah, I heard that no. something you know, the reactor somehow I, blew up, and that this crazy thing happened, and that all this radiation is is everywhere. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah. I didn't they, know about the graphite. now it's a ghost town. And nobody can go there ever again kind of thing. And that sounded mysterious and cool. And that's why I was so interested in it. And then I watched the miniseries and. Oh, it's horrifying. It's horrifying and devastating. And it, it's surprising that something similar has not happened again. Right. But maybe and they switched may- out the cooling rods. Well, and somewhere in my brain says, maybe we actually learned for once. Because we learned from history for once. Because the phrase is so correct. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. I think we're doomed to repeat it anyway, unfortunately. But since Chernobyl, nothing of that magnitude has happened since. And because of the diligent efforts of all those people and Valerie Legosov. Could have poisoned the Earth's water supply. Yeah, because of Valerie Legoslov and everyone who who put in their efforts, we're all here today. Oh, jeez. Not thanks to the Soviet government. And the thing is, is when I say the Soviet government, um, I mean, Putin is not better. He's not. There are more humanity, humane laws. Yeah and everything now um but he he is the kind of person who will lie yep um just to make the the uh the russian people sound better just to make russia sound better um he's done it before uh he's perpetuated the thing is the the russian people are fine oh yeah no no the The people people in russia are fine the people are great their government is doing some very bad things right now and they have been, and that—that's why people yeah. um, say, "Oh, the, the Russians." Place. I mean, that's also why I do bring up the things like, "Oh, the the Russian chaos agents," yeah, and things like that, because they they have been working on destabilizing. Yeah, you know. But I thought I'd dive in a little bit into your yeah. your territory here, um, because you know the Cold War happened apparently. Yeah, it was <laughs> a thing. A thing. Um, yeah. And that's 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 all I got for you. 
And that's yeah. our rant on that. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, stand with Ukraine. Yes, stand with Ukraine. Uh, do what you can. Yeah, there's not really much we can do. We pay, like to have this Pay for your gas and don't complain. Yeah. Pay for your gas and don't complain. If uh, you have any particular topics or anything like that you'd like us to cover, you can email us at matterthanacaterpillar.gmail.com. You can also visit us on our Instagram at matterthanacaterpillar. That was weird. Matter than a caterpillar. Or um, if... if uh, gosh, after this... Uh, if you've got any like cute animal pictures or something, just anything to, to kind of lighten things up, uh, draw some fan art of Grompy. I don't know. You there can tweet you it at us at Matter Than a Cat on Twitter. Um, we also have a Facebook page. It's at ITYW Podcast, or I'll tell you what with a period instead of an ellipses. We're on TikTok at uh, Matter Than a Caterpillar. And with that, we'll leave you with this. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your friends. Tell the FBI agent secretly listening through your phone. And tell Grumpy, who's living in your closet. And good night. Thank you for calling Grumpy. Yeah. He gave me an in. <laughs> there we go. Yay. Uh, How do we stop this thing? Press the stop button.